episode 56, Top 5 Strategies to Get Better in the Classroom Fast. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educator's podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Well, hi, elite educators. This is Gretchen from Always a Lesson. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, this podcast is for you. I'm here to empower you to reach your potential And I refer to you as elite because, honestly, only an elite educator would take time to invest in themselves by listening to a podcast like this to help hone their craft. I want to start by first thanking all of you for tuning in each week. I've received some of the most wonderful reviews on iTunes. So if you enjoy the show, help me by subscribing and leaving a rating with a review. This just tells iTunes to keep pushing out the show, and of course that helps more and more teachers each day. So today's shout-out goes to Parenting Abroad, who entitled their review, Not Just for Teachers. And they said, these bite-sized tips are equally relevant and usable for parents. Thanks, Gretchen. Well, I think that's fantastic feedback. I didn't realize there are so many parents listening to the show until I look at the reviews. And there have been numerous reviews from parents saying the same thing, that the strategies I'm sharing in the classroom really work well at home. Um, And that is very exciting. And I don't know that I've told you this, but my husband and I are expecting... October 31st, so it's going to be a Halloween baby. It's a girl. We are so excited. It's our first one. And I have five nephews, so it's a huge deal on my side of the family because it's the first girl. And then also a huge deal on my husband's side of the family because they don't have any grandkids yet. Um, So it's definitely a very exciting time in our lives. And so to hear from these parents letting me know that all my experience in education is going to translate well into being a parent, I feel a little bit better about what's to come. But I look forward to connecting with all you listeners out there in a new way as I learn all things parenting. Um, And so as we connect on social media, feel free to share all your tips and tricks. We certainly need it. But Parenting Abroad, I really thank you for letting me know that the tips I'm giving you are bite-sized so you're not overwhelmed by the advice that I'm sharing. And I love that you think that they're relevant. That is a big deal for me that what I'm sharing is timely, but you can use it right away. And the fact that you feel like what I'm sharing is applicable to your life is really rewarding. So thank you for taking time to stop by and leave a review on iTunes. So today I want to help you reignite your passion and potential by talking about the top five strategies to get better in the classroom fast. This podcast episode is especially for teachers in distress or transition, but it's actually quite timely for all educators now that it's summer and your mind is on rejuvenating and planning for the school year ahead. Hang on, this is going to be one empowering ride. I hope you're having an excellent time with friends and family and proudly sporting your red, white, and blue gear. My parents were in town for the week just to help us kind of get the nursery ready, but also get some things done around the house. 
and luckily they are going to be building a home in just a few years down here in North Carolina and so they've been kind of out scouting around so I had a fun time looking at build sites and potential materials and it's just been a lot of fun and I know that that's not related to education, but that's generally where all my ideas come from is life experience. And then I think, okay, how can I take what I'm going to apply it in the classroom? And then, of course, I share it with you. Well, everything that I had wanted to say, and I made a list, are things that I've shared in the past. And luckily, I have an Excel document that I keep there where I organize all the topics and ideas I have based on the categories of listeners. So I've got a little tab for new teachers. I've got one for teachers in distress or transition. And I've got one for teacher leaders. But when I checked that document, there was nothing that was pending that I hadn't already spoke about. Sometimes I list some ideas. I'm just not sure when I want to talk about them. And looking through the past topics, I felt like what I wanted to share had already been covered. So I was kind of in a pickle here. There was no current inspiration and there were no ideas in the queue. So I was stuck. But have no fear. I thought about the time of year. So it's summer. And I thought about, okay, what are teachers doing in the summer? And that's when it hit me. A lot of them are planning. And if you look on social media, I feel like everyone's posting about classroom themes, but even more importantly, they're talking about what they're going to be doing differently the following year. And you know, summer is a great time to sit and reflect and plan ahead and make adjustments. And I started thinking, okay, what is that process called? And it hit me, reflection. And then I started thinking, okay, reflection makes us better. And then I immediately knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to put together a list of quick and easy, painless strategies to help you get better. But why wait for one time a year, like the summer, to get better when you can just get better now and continue getting better in the moment. And that's why I put together five practical strategies that you can implement immediately to get better fast, but it's also ongoing. And this ongoing betterment is really due to consistent reflection on your part. So let's not waste any more time queuing up the episode. Let's just dive right into our five tips. As you're listening, you may think, oh, that's a really great idea. I'm going to write it down. But don't because I have created a resource for you. It's free. And all you have to do is visit the website in the show notes. It's actually my Teachers Pay Teachers store. And in it is this graphic organizer full of information where I share what my five five tips are, but then also give you room to plan how you can utilize these ideas. So instead of trying to grab a piece of paper and a pencil while you're listening to these ideas, just go to the show notes on alwaysalesson.com and you'll see the link there where you can download this free resource for you. So number five, I'm going to start first with a seasonal strategy. And since we're currently in a season where a lot of you are going to probably be utilizing these strategies, I thought this was a good place to start. But this could be also during any long breaks during the school year like Christmas or spring break. Idea number five is to borrow ideas. So that means read magazines, read blog posts, search on Pinterest and you know other social media platforms. For me, what I did to get ideas for just how to change things up in my classroom or step them up a notch or just get better is 
as I heard things and as I read things, I was really into reading teacher books. I still am. I would write ideas down on index cards and then place them in a recipe box. So a recipe box is used for someone to write a recipe on a card and stick it in this box. Just a quick and easy way to keep track of your favorite recipes rather than having lots of cookbooks. And for whatever reason, I had them because I don't even really love to cook. <laughs> but I had this box, and throughout the years, starting in college, I started filling out these index cards, placed them in the box, and then every summer, I would go through the index cards and decided what I wanted to implement. And so on paper next to me, I would kind of jot down the ones that really stuck out to me because I had so many. I obviously couldn't implement all of those ideas that I had gathered in one school year. And so I suggest doing something similar as you're reading this summer and connecting with bloggers and seeing cute things on Pinterest or following your favorite people on social media and what they're doing is start making yourself a list, whether it's on an index card or just on your phone, but start saving your ideas. You might even save them in an organized folder on your desktop. And then every summer or every long break, like I mentioned during Christmas or spring break, you can go through them and decide, okay, what do I want to add into my repertoire now or what can I do to just add on to what I'm doing versus doing something entirely from scratch? And I think that is what has really helped me stay fresh, also challenged me to try new things and helps you think outside the box because you're really borrowing ideas from somebody else. And sometimes it's hard to get better when you yourself kind of fall into the same habits. Strategy number four. This is an ongoing strategy, so it's not seasonal. This you can do all day, every day. I would write a plus delta on your lesson plans at the end of the day and then file them away. And what you're going to put on that lesson plan is things that went well and things that you would tweak. And I've seen teachers do this with highlighters. So you have a pink highlighter are things you wanted to change and you just highlight that section of the lesson plan. And then a green highlighter are things that, oh my gosh, this was really fantastic. I've also seen teachers jot in the margins of their lesson plans, uh, things that they wanted to add, like, oh, make this activity eight minutes, or make sure you give directions before handing out materials, or whatever little adjustments would just make the lesson more seamless is certainly encouraged. Now, those of you who aren't asked by your admin to print out lesson plans, this would be kind of tedious and could be a waste of paper. So you could still make digital comments in a Word document and then just save them on your desktop in an organized folder so that throughout the year you can make these notes and you're going to start seeing patterns. And that's why I say it's ongoing because for me, I always realized I didn't give enough time for my activities. That was literally my feedback to myself every single day. And so if you're making plus deltas on your lesson plans, you're going to start seeing God, I wrote that for the fifth time this week. Like, gosh, I really got to get better at that. And so that's why it's ongoing. But it also could be seasonal in the fact that maybe you revisit at the end of every quarter and try and look for patterns or trends or things that you want to repeat and things you want to avoid. Strategy number three. This is also ongoing. However, it's used at very specific times. So ask students for feedback. You could do this through surveys or exit tickets or just casual conversations when they're exiting out the door. But take those pieces of feedback, read through them after school, or if they told you verbally, jot them down and follow the same idea that I just shared. So you'll do a plus delta on your lesson plan or as a digital comment in an organized folder on your desktop. 
But the reason I say use it specifically is you don't every day, and especially at an elementary school, when you teach multiple subjects, you don't want to do this after every lesson, or the feedback you're going to get is probably going to be very basic, uh, repeated, just because they run out of things to say, and it's not really going to be helpful. So I say use it specifically, and I would do this when you're trying something new. Maybe it's a new technique or a new strategy, and when you're taking a risk like that, that's the time to ask for feedback. And you may say, oh, I'm not going to ask them because I already know a million different ways I want to change it. But I think you'd be surprised. Sometimes their perspective lets you know that something you wanted to change or you didn't want to change needs to either change or not change. And so having their feedback sometimes really is more important and so really deciding ahead of time okay this week I know that I'm gonna try this new thing during this block of time that's gonna be the time that my exit ticket or my survey for feedback for my students is gonna happen I would say once a week is probably good I mean you're not even in school for a whole year so I don't think the students are gonna be so annoyed and if you keep it short and sweet like a plus delta, I think the kids are going to be able to really give you some timely feedback. And of course, please share with them. This would be helpful feedback. Give them an example. This would be not so helpful feedback and give them an example. And eventually you'll want to build feedback into your lessons anyway of students giving other students feedback. So this will just be a great classroom practice in general. Strategy number two, this is preventative and this could be actually very effective because you're not doing something and then having to jot about it to change it. You're actually making changes prior to doing it. So collaborate with your colleagues. And the reason I say this is you all might use one activity or one strategy, but use it in very different ways. And if you can get an idea of all the variations for one type of assignment, you can then take the best of the best back to your planning time and tweak everything prior to delivery. So I know a lot of teachers on my grade level during my first few years of teaching did four corners. And so you'd pose a question and you'd give multiple choice A, B, C, D answers and students would move to the corners that you've already labeled A, B, C, D. And you can use it for assessments to see does everyone know the answer. You can use it for an opinion writing piece. I mean, there's so many ways to use it. And as we... As I was planning my next Four Corners activity, I chatted with other teachers to hear how did they manage it or how did they set it up. And one teacher changed the Four Corners to topics based on what she was teaching. So we were doing continents then, and she changed to the four continents they had been studying recently instead of ABCD. Another teacher had students stay by their seats and move forward for A, to the right for B, step back for C, move to the left for D, and that allowed for a quicker transition, but the exaggerated movements also made it easier to tell who was not moving in the right direction. So like I said, I think it's really important to hear from your colleagues of, hey, what works with your kids? Have you done this type of activity before? How did you do it? And I think you'll listen to them explain and you'll think, oh, that's so different. I would have never thought about that. I kind of like that. It's a different edge. It's a different way to do it. And the kids are excited, especially if you use a certain activity over and over again, even if it's with multiple subjects. They like the new variation. So use your colleagues for their ideas. And the number one strategy to get better in the classroom fast is also preventative. It's practice and run through new parts of your lesson. And this is something I say to new teachers all the time. Instead of waiting for the moment to make a mistake, being able to practice it 
helps you see things that when you were thinking it in your head, you didn't realize. And for me, it was where was I standing? Was I getting flustered because I wasn't scripting out every word I was going to say? And I think this is really helpful for you to find those hot spots in your lesson that could potentially go awry. And then you make adjustments prior to delivering them. I definitely suggest this if you're delivering directions for an activity for the first time. I would script out those directions and then I'd stand in my classroom and I wouldn't do this at home. I'd stand exactly wherever I was going to be in the classroom at that time. So you're building the muscle memory. It's like, okay, I always give directions on the left-hand side of the room. I'm going to go stand there and practice now, or I'm going to circulate and walk up and down the aisles or whatever you're going to do. It's important that you practice. So you realize, okay, that was too wordy or that was too fast or I need to chunk this and give this part, let them move, and then give this part. And with movement, you may want to walk as if you're a child doing the activity because maybe the route for the activity for them to move has too many obstacles or could create a big cluster of students. And you know behavior, that could escalate really quickly. So sometimes putting on your student hat and doing whatever the activity, activity is as a run-through is very helpful. And if you need to know, okay, how long is an activity going to take, have your colleagues come in, say, hey, this is what I'm doing tomorrow. Can you complete this really quickly? And based on what you do, I'm going to just double that for students or triple it. And that's the amount of time that I think I'm going to need versus just guessing, oh, this will take 10 minutes. So I think taking time to really practice and run through the parts of your lesson, at least the parts that are new or different that you haven't done before, is really helpful. One, it gives you confidence that you know what you've planned is going to go off well and also helps you really think through things you might not have realized. I love being able to talk with colleagues and say, here's what I'm thinking, and then they can really share with me what misconceptions they have. Because when you're trying to explain something you already know, sometimes you don't make it as explicit as it should be because you already know what you're trying to say. And so if you're practicing directions in front of your colleagues, they may raise their hand and say, wait, what am I doing first? Or I didn't get that part. Try that again. And you'll think, okay, thank God. I'm glad this person's helping me think through how to do this better. Or having them act out the activity helps you think about misbehaviors. And gosh, they're talking all the time and they're adults, you know, or man, this is taking too long or it's way too silent or they're not moving enough or they're moving too much. And I think all of that really helps your lesson and your teaching practice escalate to be the most effective that it can be. So remember with all of these strategies, the key really is consistency. So you need to have daily actions that are focused on getting better because that's going to make your huge improvement, the fact that you're doing a little something every day. It's, it's all about those daily tweaks that are going to add up in the long run. All right, elite educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on the top five strategies to get better in the classroom fast. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. podcast is sponsored by the Educators Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. 
All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. 